0: An unmatched dual threat. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's
1: damn true.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is
1: now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell,
0: yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to the team. It's the best thing going today.
1: WWE Payback in the Books, episode 170 of Top Rope Nation. It's Ryan Droste of comicbook.com, joined once again by Mr. Kyle Ross. Kyle, welcome back to the program. Thank you. You sound great tonight, by the way because i got a beer in hand man okay plus i plus you know i'm feeling good we got a two and a half hour pay-per-view it's pretty early yet in the night on sunday night and i you know i got time to record the
0: show and mix it and still get to bed at a decent hour if there is one lesson learned from the covid 19 era of professional wrestling it's that the seven match sub three hour pay-per-view format that existed for i don't know 25 something years (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or 15, I should say 15 years. Um is the way to go. Oh yeah.
1: 100%. These shows are so much tighter, so much more fun to watch just in general, just way way more enjoyable. Um you you were not able to join us last week for the SummerSlam review, uh but we were all, I know you heard it, we were all mm-hmm. very high on SummerSlam and uh just just real quickly, what did you enjoy SummerSlam Kyle since we didn't
0: get your take on that? Yeah, it was probably the best wwe pay-per-view of the year
1: oh yeah easily so we had we had done that show last sunday night we had the interview on thursday that you want to check out with merrick brave in our archives longtime best friend of wwe's seth rollins who we'll be talking about tonight and then uh this evening as i said wwe payback so as we often do on these pay-per-view review shows kyle i'm gonna watch your grade on it and then I'll talk about what the listeners have graded it, because our poll I threw up on Twitter is already over 100 votes, so we got a
0: lot of feedback here. Oh, wow. People uh, getting ready to tune in, developing oh, like yeah. a real following here on this program. I like it. Uh, <laughs> so you, what I, would you give it A through F? Like a B, B minus?
1: Yeah. That's about where I would be, too. I was I, thinking it's it wasn't as good as SummerSlam, but I still enjoyed it overall. I saw
0: some people calling it great. That seems a bit of a stretch. I think if you call this pay-per-view great, I would question if you've ever seen a great wrestling (laughs) Uh, pay-per-view. It was, for the most part, logically booked. The main event left some question marks. We're certainly going to get to that in a few minutes. This is what I wrote on our Facebook page. Please, uh, Ryan can give the details, but join us on Facebook.com, the Top Rope Nation fan page. But uh, but I wrote this, Ryan, and then you can give the deets. Yeah. Uh, I wrote this right before the main event. As noted by everyone on Twitter, this show has been all clean finishes with almost all baby faces going over, which almost certainly means the main event will probably be not that. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, <laughs> it wasn't. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of my uh, synopsis of WWE Payback 2020.
1: Yeah. As Kyle mentioned, join the Facebook group. It is blowing up. We've got all kinds of posts from listeners, from the hosts going up each and every day. It's a lot of fun just to engage. We kind of got this growing community on Facebook. So if you have a Facebook account, search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Request to join. We will approve you. We're at 217 members. When we first kind of, I guess it was about two weeks ago, we started trying to push the group. We were at 70 members. So we've like tripled the population in that group in the last, actually, less than two weeks. So let's keep it growing. Search it on Facebook. A lot of great pro wrestling dis- discussion going on. But uh, yeah, I would agree, Kyle. I'd give it a probably a B minus, I think. Uh, I thought it was very enjoyable. Not great, but enjoyable, mostly logical from what I expected to happen, I would yeah. say. Uh, some fun matches, some really fun matches that we're going to talk about here. And our listeners are pretty much on board with what we said because as of right now, I'm looking at the poll 102 votes on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. And out of the 102 votes, 47% give the show a B, 25% give the show an A. So we're almost at 75% of the people out of 102 votes that are at A or B. And then we got 15% at a C. And 118 percent at D or F. I don't know what show those people watch, but it definitely wasn't a D or F show. Uh, I I you know I could see a C maybe, but I I'm at I'm at a B.
0: How's it going, everybody?
1: <laughs> Brian Alvarez voting in the poll here. Yay!
0: Yeah, he had the scoop on the main events. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. He he tweeted it out before it happened. Uh, just to pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, for those listening to this on Monday, uh. We're reading the results of this poll, and the show is not even an hour old. So that's kind of the immediate feedback there.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So before we go any further, real quickly, as you heard at the top of the broadcast, the plug for Greg Olson's new show on the Blue Wire Network, we are, of course, members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. Check out bluewirepods.com for all of your podcasting needs. And wherever you are listening to this program, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Better yet, leave us a rating and review, especially our good friends over on the Apple Podcast app. Scroll to the bottom of the show page app, hit the fifth star. If you leave a written review, we will read it on the air and send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. But make sure you leave us your Twitter username or Instagram username in that review so I can get a hold of you because I need your address to send that out to you. And we also want to say a shout out to our good friends over at DoorDash, an NFL Sunday ticket, and as always, Bet online the sponsors that are bringing you this program tonight. So Kyle, let's talk about Roman Reigns and him capturing the WWE Universal title. Uh, what, What did you make of the main event? What's your take?
0: Hmm. Uh, right guy went over. There's no doubt about that. I was very vocal about that on the aforementioned Facebook page. That SmackDown needed kind of a fresh coat of paint after a stinky summer main event program. To say the
1: least. Uh, <laughs> Awful. You yeah. see my tweet about that where I said, uh, there's no better heel move than uh, than Roman Reigns forcing us to watch Braun Strowman and yes, Wyatt yes, wrestle. Yes, yes,
0: uh, I almost felt like it was a troll job. It's like, oh, You know, (laughs) ratings are up this week. There's some enthusiasm about the product. Roman's back. Well, we'll show you. You're going to watch just Broad and Bray wrestle for 10 minutes. Uh, So I've got a lot of questions coming out of this main event. The first and I think most important is Roman is definitely a heel now, right? At least he's being presented as such.
1: He is being presented as, as such. But I feel like if there was a live crowd there, that's not what would be happening. I feel like he'd be getting cheered big time right now.
0: Isn't it ironic, don't you think? (laughs) That kind of reaction. So there is a certain absurdity of doing this now the way they're doing it. Uh, After all that's gone down in the past five years with Roman Reigns, and first of all, we've been very uh, adamant on this broadcast, the three of us, uh, Justin included, that, there is not a the problem with Roman is not the performer; it's the presentation. He's yeah. been put in terrible situations uh, as an alleged top babyface. It's not his fault that he screwed up in that role, or that that he has quote unquote failed in that role. I should I should say, or hasn't worked out the way they'd hoped. Whatever. I hope I didn't misspeak. But after all that, wouldn't you want to do a Roman Reigns heel turn in front of a crowd? where he is robbing the fans of something they want. Yeah. Instead, he's come in over the last week, looked like a badass. He's outshined two guys who are engaged in the worst feud of the year. And we're basically just learning he's a heel thanks to WrestleZone.com. <laughs> you know, like, it's not like he's really doing anything that heelish. I mean, hes I guess he's aligned with Paul Heyman and, you know, by God, he doesn't deserve it the way he won the title. Well we should talk about that here in a moment. But like, to me, I'm looking at my Twitter time, timeline, everyone's like, this is the way they should present have presented Roman for the last five years. And now you're turning him where there's, you know, no real audience. I know, you know, we've got the Thunderdome now. By the way, I think Kevin Dunn forgot to press the button which read Heat tonight. <laughs>
1: I mean The instructions for the crowd, yeah. yeah.
0: it didn't seem like there was a lot of, you know, they were a, a real wide, wild bunch uh, for Payback. But what do you think about what I just said? Isn't it like a little absurd and ironic how and when they've turned him?
1: Yeah, and I, I also think about something that we've talked about on the show before is if they turned him, would he just get cheered, right? And there's no way to really prove it right now, but... I feel like the fans would have been crapping all over this Braun-Bray feud anyways, and they would have cheered Roman. I think, I think because just look at your Twitter timeline. Like, everybody popped for Roman getting teamed up with Paul Heyman. So, yeah, the timing is odd, for sure, to not have the live crowd there for this. Uh, and you're right, he hasn't really done anything all that heelish, I guess coming in late for the match, but honestly, it's just smart to do that. Let these guys beat the hell out of each other.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that in a moment, but you said something that was uh, very smart, and it's in my notes as well. Oh, thank you. O- almost word for word. <laughs> We're going from a babyface Roman that gets booed to a heel Roman that will be cheered. Yes. <laughs> that seems very counterproductive, and look, you know people in the company, I know people in the company, we know people who know people, yada, 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 Okay. If in the last five years, you had a, you know, secondhand, firsthand conversation with someone in WWE and said, man, you got to turn this Roman Reigns heel. This just ain't working, dog. They tell you, they would tell you almost, it was almost like there was a, a, you know, some sort of like company-wide messaging delivered to them that they would have <laughs> to tell to their like uh, fan friends. Well, you know, if we do that, everyone's just going to cheer them.
1: Yes, like clockwork.
0: (laughs) And that's exactly what's happened. So the reason they gave us for the last five years, why they don't want to turn them, is exactly what we're getting. So I would love to know. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that creative room. What changed here? What made Vince McMahon decide now is the time to make Roman Reigns a heel? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we haven't really got any answers. It hasn't been a lot of discussion from Paul Heyman on why he wants to team up with Roman. Roman hasn't really said anything. So, you know, it is interesting, too, and people have been pointing this out, that uh, on all of the shows Roman has been on, we have not got retribution out there. So is there going to be a connection there? Is Roman going to be involved with retribution? It remains to be seen, but, you know, just something to take notice of.
0: And somebody on our Facebook page actually said that before the main event started. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, because based on the names floated for that group, my God, do they need some sort of main event player leading that thing? Yeah. I mean, I mean if you have, like, some of these names just unmasked, I mean, it's going to, you know, by, it's going to be like, you know, I mean, a yeah. heel turn in the impact zone, or a new show, <laughs> a,
1: a new arrival in the impact zone. I mean, God bless Dominic Dijakovic. I like the guy, but... He can't be the leader, and you know no. Ali can't be the leader. So You're, you're
0: yeah. either nexus or you're against us, right? <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about how Roman did win the title. So Braun and Bray, as you mentioned earlier, they start wrestling, and they had done this show-long storyline where Roman had not yet signed the contract. Yes. Which I thought was odd. And then Alvarez basically just tweeted out what was going to happen. He's like, oh, I think Roman's just going, I, I, I presume he had the scoop. He's like, Roman's going to come out mid-match, sign the contract, and just win. And that's exactly what happened. And other people were theorizing that, to be fair. But what do we think about that kind of booking, where a guy is in a triple threat match, he just doesn't show up at the start. He lets the two guys beat each other up. And then mid-match just comes up, signs a contract, comes in, and wins. That is very much like a money-in-the-bank cash-in just with, you know, no briefcase. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said a minute ago, it makes sense logically if you're Roman Reigns and you want to win the match. I thought it was odd, though, that like, so Bray makes his entrance, and then Braun blindsides him in the ring, and we start, like, they rang the bell immediately. Why would, why would the referee immediately call for the bell? Then People brawl before matches all the time, but the bell rings. There's, there's no Roman, so we don't know what's going on. So I guess presumably he hasn't signed the contract, so he's not even in the yeah. match. And the but announce- you can join the match after it's in progress.
0: Yeah, and the announcers talked about it a couple times. But, like, if I'm an announcer, if you're, like, a, you know, an announcer is not being directed what to say, you're going to keep yelling, where is Roman Reigns? Where yeah. is Roman Reigns, right? And it, yeah. it, I think to their – they said it twice, but – it, it, They were sort of ignoring it most of the time.
1: Yeah. And so, so we got several minutes of Braun and Bray fighting basically around the outside. We got the cartoony mallet out from uh, Bray <laughs> Wyatt. We got the terrible neck snapping thing that Bray Wyatt's doing. Um, they, go, they go to the top of the ramp. Braun uh, took Bray off with like a kind of like a spear uh, through a table off to the side of the entranceway. They work their way back to the ring. Uh, Bray comes back. Bray superplexes Braun off the top rope, which destroys the ring. <laughs> Everything
0: collapses in. The referee yeah, bails. What do we think about that spot being recycled? Because what's, yeah, that's the, like the third or fourth time we've seen that. I remember, The first time was Brock and Big Show, right? Right. Okay. And I think Big Show and Braun might have done it too a couple of years ago. Yeah, it sounds right. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a weird spot to recycle. Yeah, because, I mean,
1: so it made sense when they did it with the big show, and Braun is a big guy, but mm-hmm. he's not so big that you think he could legitimately break I don't know. I
0: just think it's a weird, like, it's one of those things that <laughs> is so cool when it happens once, but typical WWE, it worked once, and they just want to repeat it to the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. So I feel yeah. it's just, like, another example of that. And by the way, you mentioned the mallet. Uh, was it not... The same mallet that caused the first ever disqualification in Hell in a Cell. Yes. Okay. Just wanted <laughs> but, to be clear.
1: But it, but any no holds barred match, it's fine, I guess. Okay, okay. Hell in a cell, not allowed. <laughs> okay. I just, you know, I just yeah. continuity's sake, I just want to make sure we've got all the bases covered here. Yes. Uh they also showed Alexa Bliss backstage <laughs> watching, and then there was really no follow
0: with that, <laughs> no. you know? Yeah. Like, but, I don't know but, what the heck they're doing there, but so so my fourth and final question I have in my notes. Is, is Alexa still twirling her hair looking at the television monitor?
1: <laughs> so, Alexa was <laughs> pissed that she wasn't using the storyline last weekend. Um, she was on SmackDown, like with her hair getting dreaded out a little bit, like teasing she's going with Bray. And then when they showed her here, I kind of figured going in, the only finish was Roman was going to win or Alexa was going to help Bray win. So when they showed her, I kind of started to think, like, okay, she's probably going to be involved in the finish. And they never went back to her. It was just this brief cut of her watching the TV, and that was it. Yeah. And quite frankly,
0: I mean, she looked like she was on drugs. (laughs) She did
1: look odd. She looked very odd. Um,
0: I I don't know if that's what they were going for, but, you know, I mean. (laughs) Other than just kind of out of it. I (laughs) I mean, I don't know. That probably is what they were going (laughs) for. We've all seen that look before. I mean, right?
1: She's hypnotized by the fiend now, I guess. So I guess that was probably the goal. uh, Okay. But yeah, as, as we mentioned, then finally, out comes Roman right after the ring breaks, and he initially like went after both guys and couldn't pin them, so he signs the contract on the or in the aisle as he walks out with Paul Heyman, and he goes to cover the Fiend initially, but there's no referee. He screams for a referee. A new ref runs out, but both the Fiend and Strowman kicked out of pinfall attempts from Roman. Reigns goes and gets the chair, and he smashes it into Strowman several times, covers him, but Braun still kicks out. Then he goes to hit the Fiend with the chair, but the Fiend locks him in the mandible claw claw very briefly, but Roman hits him with a low blow to break it up. Fiend kind of rolls out of the ring. Reigns then spears Strowman, covers, pins him, wins the universal title.
0: Strowman was clearly there to eat a pin. Yes. For those wondering why make this a triple threat, Um, after he lost last week at SummerSlam. If you recall, and I'm sure many of our listeners do, uh, Braun, or pardon me, Bray and Roman was the original WrestleMania idea for the Universal title. That did not happen for a couple reasons. Uh, They decided to go with Goldberg, and then Roman opted out of WrestleMania. My hat's off to him, by the way, for doing so. So I, I think they view that Bray... Roman match is still something big and they wanted to save it for a one-on-one environment, and I assume we're going to get it at a future pay-per-view, but that's another thing with this Roman heel turn. He's turning heel on a guy who he's subtly turning heel on a guy who subtly turned face despite doing all these horrible things all year.
1: makes no sense.
0: And then the other guy in the match, oh, by the way, randomly turned face to heel during that program.
1: And as Justin joint pointed out, Justin couldn't join us tonight, but uh, Justin will be back with us soon. Uh, Justin watched the, uh, the Braun Strowman documentary that's up on the network, and I have not seen it yet. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Kyle. I've seen clips. But, uh, I mean, apparently it makes you very much like Braun Strowman, who they've now just turned heel, which is not great planning. So, yeah, I mean, the heel face dynamic
0: here doesn't make a lot of sense. The manner in which WWE turns its character's face and heel, uh, how that's developed over the last year and a half is very worrisome to me. Yes. It, it, it's almost like there's no real turn. They just sort of become a face or heel. They just they become a heel because they wrestle a baby face. Mm-hmm. And then they keep wrestling baby faces. There's no concrete change in behavior. I agree. I agree with that entirely. You, you know, it yeah. used to be like when somebody turned heel, you know, I mean, I don't know if hit you over the head with it is the right terminology, but like there would be a, it was always a major shift in behavior for that character. Right. Now you don't really get that. I mean, Charlotte's character, um, is always the worst offender with it. Mm. Like she never acts differently, whether she's a baby face or heel anyway, really. Yeah. But, um. You know, and then I know, like, Lacey Evans was kind of another deal like that over the last year. It's really worrisome to me. Like, do they just not believe in, you know, the way that babyface and heel turns have worked throughout the history of this business anymore?
1: I, I actually, I don't think that they they think of the wrestling business anymore in that classical face-heel dynamic. I think they think the lines are
0: very much blurred now. I am not a fan of that way of thinking. I think... When wrestling is at its most popular, it has a character that the audience universally rallies behind.
1: I 100% agree. I am more (laughs) of a fan of that kind of book, yeah, for sure. I mean,
0: uh, uh, until there can be some sort of quote unquote boom period, and maybe there'll never be another one, I don't know, where, you know, we don't have that. It's not, you know, this one transcendent star leading the company, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be convinced that that's not the way to do it. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, the main event was not any kind of blowaway match. There were some very good matches on this card, but we got Roman Reigns yeah. as Universal yeah, Champion. And,
0: and that's the most important thing. Roman Reigns needed yes. to leave this show because, you know, I think we were talking about it, again, on that Facebook group. <laughs> Doing this show seven days after SummerSlam, other than, like, putting the title on Reigns it didn't feel like there was any of that immediacy that justified this pay-per-view. Right. So yeah, you know, the fact they did it so quickly after SummerSlam and Roman's now the champion, it's very clear to me. Maybe they thought just like us, that the uh, fiend brawn feud sucked and they needed to get somebody else in as the universal champion. And they just wanted to go bam, you know, I mean, Roman, they, they dragged their feet too long with them many times. Yeah. And this time they shot it right on them. So hats off in that regard. I mean, I joked on the
1: SummerSlam post-show that Roman Reigns had came back to save the SmackDown main event scene, and <laughs> I, I can't remember if I said on the show then after that or if this was on social media, but I said, you know, they absolutely should put the title on him and just roll with it, and that's what they did. I, I was glad to see the ending. I think that was the right ending, and uh, so I can't complain too much there, but uh, the, yeah, the face heel booking here has left a little bit to be desired. Um, But there was was stuff to like elsewhere on this card. Like I said, at the top, I really enjoyed the show. Some very good matches. When we get back from a word from our sponsors, we're going to talk about what was the match of the night and, and get our opinions out there on that and kind of break down the rest of the show. So before we get to it, though, let's throw a shout out to our new sponsors over at DoorDash. And once again, let's hear from NFL Sunday Ticket. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Kyle, I don't know if you've used DoorDash, but it is super convenient. Um, me and my family, we like to go out to eat. And of course, during the pandemic, we haven't been doing that. But uh, with a service like DoorDash, we have been able to get food from some of our favorite restaurants still, which has been very nice.
0: Have you used DoorDash, Kyle? Tell you something, man. I've always been a drive-through guy my yeah. entire years, and I'll, I'll just keep driving through. But no, um, yes, we've used DoorDash before. It's very uh, convenient. Obviously, when you, and something we should point out: you have kids. Right. Yes, You know, so, I sometimes going to these restaurants can be a real hassle. You know, mm-hmm. you forget the tablet. You're just you can't enjoy your meal. Oh, why not eat at home? Exactly.
1: And, you know, everyone gets sick of cooking. So you
0: got you got to eat out.
1: And DoorDash makes it very, very simple. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, even the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. I always like to shop local and support my local eateries. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. So here's a good deal for you guys as listeners of Top Rope Nation. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off, off your order, and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store, enter the code BLUEWIRE. It's all one word, BLUEWIRE. No delivery charges and $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Great deal. Check it out. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code Blue Wire. And not to put you on the spot, Kyle, but who's going to win the NFC North this year?
0: You know, we've been talking about this (laughs) privately in text, and it's going to be either Chicago or Detroit. This division is the most wide open in the sport, okay? And what's funny about that Chicago or Detroit statement is I think the one that doesn't win will actually be in last place. Mm. it's just minnesota and green bay both of whom made the playoffs last year are due for down years green bay is the strongest regression team in my own personal power rankings i mean if you go through their numbers from last year my god this was one of the luckiest teams in nfl history 13 wins for this average team i love
1: kyle ross with all my heart and soul
0: (laughs) you freaking kidding me (laughs) 13 wins out of this to this one. The worst 13 win team I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, so I think they're going to drop down to like seven or eight. I think Minnesota could go down to like seven or eight. So that leaves a vacuum atop. I don't know. I'm still breaking it down. Still working. Got the guides out. Got Warren Sharp's guide out. What a f- Impressive book that is that he puts together hey, he doesn't sponsor the show but I'm just going to put him over anyway Warren Sharp doing tremendous work and the Football Outsiders book Amazon says should arrive on my doorstep tomorrow I'll break that down too and uh I'll give you the official call before the season starts but it's going to be Chicago or Detroit very nice
1: well I like hearing that it gives me at least a 50% shot that I'm gonna be happy I, with the the, the
0: fact the Bears season. dropped from what 12 wins two years ago to eight last year yeah I'm correct yeah Typically, there's a little plexiglass principle in there. Team moves in one direction, four or more wins. They kind of bounce the other way the next year, so it would be logical, but it's it's all about that quarterback position for the Bears, and I know you've been hearing that your entire life, <laughs> Mr. Drosty.
1: That is my cue to switch the topic. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, but I like that, Kyle. I like, to,
1: I like to ask for Kyle's sports stakes, because if you didn't know, Ky- Kyle kind of dabbles in sports handicapping. So he knows what he's talking about. So we'll see what happens with the that NFL? That Reds
0: pick. Please disregard that. Yes. <laughs> I'm up? not going to bring that one up. What are they doing? The Reds? These bullpen stinks. <laughs> but anyway, I, the- I knew when they the bullpen blew three of the first four games, it was over. <laughs> <Jigs them. laughs> but guys we love
1: nfl obviously if you've been listening to the show for a long time we always talk nfl here and there on the show when we can so seriously check out nfl sunday ticket.tv that is a really really good deal 15 percent off the subscription this season promo code blue wire so we're gonna hit the rest of the card here kyle and then i guess at the end we can kind of talk about match of the night uh, so I think we'll go next to Keith Lee, because uh, I think after Keith Lee's debut on Monday Night Raw, people were pretty nervous about <laughs> what was headed in his future. They changed his music, not for the better. They changed his outfit, also not for the better. Uh, they changed it was one a kilt, those... not a skirt. <laughs> At least tonight he was not wearing a skirt. The theme song was the same. Uh, whatever, I don't know why they changed that. The NXT theme he had was much better, I think. But what they did here in the match with Randy Orton was
0: exactly what they needed to do, Kyle. Yeah, they did the damn thing. Uh, Keith Lee wins clean as a sheet. The way they were hyping him before the and during the match, quite frankly, it was telling me, like, he needs to win here. You know they're saying, oh, this guy could be a game changer. Wasn't that a specific term that was used, game changer? Yeah, I think so. You can't say that and have the guy lose (laughs) because you're making your announcers look like idiots. Yeah. And, I mean, Lord knows they've done a tremendous job of that over the last 10 years or so, but, I mean, you don't want to make it that blatant. So, uh, yeah, it was clean as a sheet. It was decisive. It was really the kind of win that I was – hoping for with Biggie and Matt Riddle as well. I know we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, the key, though, for Keith Lee is where do we go from here? It's, you know, it's nice that he beats Randy Orton, obviously, but it doesn't mean anything if there's not a great follow-up. And I don't know how much your ear has been to the ground, Mr. Drosty, with the rumors and innuendo, but there's this talk that He's going to turn on Drew McIntyre, and that might be the WWE title program for WrestleMania.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Your thoughts on that? I, have you heard that and your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not super negative about it. I mean, it could work, but I just, I don't know. Keith Lee is a guy that people really, really love a lot he's one of those indie darlings that a lot of people have just been really high on for a long time so I'm not gonna say a heel turn wouldn't work uh right now I wouldn't be a fan of it I I hope they don't rush that
0: well yeah and they're gonna play up I guess this Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre friendship yeah They, they started to on his first appearance on Raw on Monday and I you know I guess you gotta lean into that if you're gonna make this work um one thing I will say so Last time I was on the show, I talked about four guys I thought they could build the main roster around. They were Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, uh, Big E, and Matt Riddle. What do all four of those guys have in common? All babyfaces. Yes, they're all babyfaces. In the last seven days, we have seen the return of Roman Reigns and Keith Lee moving up to the main roster. They are both, at least until, I guess, Roman now, Baby faces. Mm -hmm. So, somebody, I guess, has to turn heel. And we've been talking about it, I think, for months, the just complete lack of top heels on this main roster. Guys like Seth and AJ, it's like kind of been there, done that. Mm -hmm. No offense to them. So, in terms of that championship situation, you do need some new blood, and I guess that means some people need to turn. I don't know if that's true about Keith Lee, but uh, I could see him doing it just due to the face heel imbalance. But, yeah, very impressive win. This was pr- I don't know if it was the match of the night but it was the thing I liked the most on the card.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Orton's a made guy, so him taking the fall here very quickly was I think it was just over 5 minutes. It doesn't hurt him at all. Uh we we can kind of make we can contrast that with the Sheamus match with Big E. Yes. There's, there's definitely a difference there, but here it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt Orton and it makes Keith Lee look super strong.
0: And it's, it's really interesting that they had Lee beat Orton more definitively than they did McIntyre, the WWE champion. I don't yes. know if that's going to be used in storyline canon down the line or what that means, but that's very interesting. I mean, is there still going to be another McIntyre-Orton match? I don't know. But uh, because, I mean, McIntyre obviously still kind of, you know, if you watch Raw Monday, obviously you would think he would still – um, you know want to fight Orton based mm-hmm. on the storyline right I mean it's not yep. like he's gonna be like oh my buddy beat him so I'm done with him I mean that, that'd be kind of stupid yeah so the finish
1: came Orton hits that draping DDT he goes for an RKO Lee turns it around into a big powerbomb for the victory and uh, Orton looked pretty stunned afterwards so I thought this was well done it uh and like the announcers
0: he's... sold it well oh yeah so.
1: yeah now, like you said, it, what, this is not like a match of the night situation, but it could be what you liked the most because it was the, absolutely the right move. They put over Lee Keith Lee very strongly, so I like yeah, it a and, lot.
0: Yeah, and I think we should move now to the Biggie and Riddle matches, mm-hmm. because, like I said earlier, this was the kind of the win that Lee had was the kind of win I was hoping for also from Biggie and Matt Riddle. And maybe because they were doing it with Lee is why they didn't do it with those two. But um, we should talk about those two matches right now.
1: So right off the bat with Sheamus and Big E, I actually really really like this match. Uh, my initial inclination was that Big E should win very quickly, but they they worked a longer match. And what I was going to contrast this with with Randy Orton is, you know, Sheamus he's a guy that's been world champion before, but he's not like at the Randy Orton level, so it's probably going to be a tough sell for him. You know, just coming out of this feud with Jeff Hardy too, where he lost. To, you know, just get pinned in a couple of minutes. It's it's not something that a guy, even though he's been world champion, he's not like so permanently at the top of the card like Randy Orton, where he really he can just fall back on his reputation. He's still going to want to look relatively strong. And I thought they had a really good match. I I thought it was a, an excellent match, Kyle.
0: OK, the right guy obviously went over here. There's no dispute that I don't think anyone thought or could justify a Seamus win in this Situation. No. Uh, they are definitely leaning into that thing with the Miz on talking SPAC with mm-hmm. Biggie. So I expect that to go somewhere down the line. Uh, but I'm going to say this I think I still would have preferred a more quote unquote one sided win from Biggie, where he looked definitively better than his opponent, as opposed to kind of winning your standard WWE match with a baby face, you know, works underneath 90% of the time. Even if the win. And this win was against a guy who's admittedly presented as important as W in WWE canon, right? I mean, Sheamus is a multi-time champion. Mm-hmm. He's someone who, you know, has for 10 years or whatever has been, you know, this is a guy who matters. So it, it, it is a big win, I guess. But I just I kind of miss those matches where a guy comes in, just look, does a lot of cool moves, looks definitively better than his opponent. And that's it.
1: Yeah. I, a lot of submissions out of Sheamus here, it
0: seemed like, too. Yeah, it was a little I, different style match. Yeah, I just don't know if the way the match was worked is, was right. And I don't know if Sheamus was the right opponent in this situation. I think this is a match that maybe you wanted to do in a few months after Biggie had built up yes. a few really impressive yes. looking wins.
1: That's and, a key and, point. I
0: agree with that 100%. Yeah, and Sheamus could have kept picked up a few big wins too for the record. He could have made an even bigger deal uh, because going into this, like I said a few minutes ago, no one thought Sheamus was going to win. No, there's no justification for him to win. So, you know, when they do matches, you, when everyone knows who's going to win, and you just kind of do a standard style match with the obvious finish, I don't know if that's the best way to lay it out. Still, I think I thought the intensity Biggie showed afterwards was great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this guy's a star in the making. Um. When you talk about Roman being a heel, and I know you're going to want to talk about this, he obviously needs a top babyface to work against to make him as a heel work. And everybody is speculating that Biggie is that guy. I don't know if you saw this, but like uh, Alex McCarthy tweeted a couple weeks ago, and somebody retweeted this, that Biggie had been told of his long term plan. And was skeptical of it, but knew what it. But was told of it, and that's the direction they're going. And if you kind of read between the lines, you and you see how WWE has what's gone down over the last seven days, you do really start thinking they are building long term to Big E versus Roman Reigns for that Universal Title. Yeah, like Big E should probably win the Royal Rumble right Mm now. If I'm in that creative room and. We're thinking, all right, guys, Royal Rumbles in a couple months. Who do we think should win that? I- I'm raising my hand and saying Big E. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I thought, I mean, Keith Lee would be another name. They would be up yeah, there. Well, Big, and that, I agree. Big, although, B, I think Big E has the, has the I think they're both going to be main eventers, but I think the, for Big E, like he has a super high ceiling. I'd, yeah. I'd go all in with him.
0: Yeah. And it, well, here's the thing. If they do, we speculated or what has been speculated about with Keith Lee and Drew, you wouldn't need the, that match would be justified if Keith Lee were to turn... If they were yeah. friends, you're playing it up, Keith Lee turns on him. You could justify a title match right off the rip. Like, yeah, that. Keith <laughs> Lee would not have to win the Rumble. Whereas Big E, went, you know, as a babyface winning the Rumble, you know, and this story of him breaking out on his own, you know, going for the top singles belt against Roman Reigns would be a, a probably pretty good story.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, I mean...
1: I, th- I thought it was good, um, a little more competitive than you would have liked to have seen. But you see what I'm saying with Sheamus? Like, here's why he m- might wanted to look, you know, kind of tough in this match, which to your point, maybe not the right opponent for Big E in this situation. Yeah, because you do want him to look dominant. But like, if you're Sheamus, you're thinking, like, okay, I just put over Hardy in that feud and kind of look like a putz in the end uh now I go into this and I get destroyed I'm a former world champion I'm trying to like cement my footing and speak serious again I, I can't just go out there and get destroyed in a couple of minutes so I totally get that but I agree you, you want to see Big E look strong
0: yeah I mean that's why I just think this might not have been the right match right now yes but in the end the right guy won we all like Big E so not too much to complain about uh Matt Riddle and Baron Corbin however
1: <laughs> oh boy. What? <laughs> oh man. And it's it's continuing. Right? It is continuing, This evidently. feud
0: must continue, just like every other Baron Corbin feud oh, in the history of time. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, boy.
0: I loved our voice that Haydorn saying, can't wait for Matt Riddle to move on to bigger, better things. And then he's <laughs> Moments like, oh, later. damn it. I jinxed it.
1: Moments later. Yeah. You get, so, yes. Yeah.
0: So, Riddle did get the win, as we'd all hoped, but then Corbin attacked him backstage afterwards. So, that's why. This feud must continue, those famous four words. But... <laughs> <laughs> but this feud may, must continue may not have been the most problematic thing about this match and feud was it mr Trosty? no no we we need to talk about this thing man
1: you, you, <laughs> this, this, you, this pre-match interview
0: yes oh
1: for christ's sakes so baron corbin had this tweet about how oh, i should just read it verbatim let me see if i can find it earlier today just before the pay-per-view started Baron Corbin tweets out tonight. I proved that Matt Riddle is a failure in a WWE ring. By the way, dot, dot, dot. He's already proven that he's a failure at home. So clearly a reference (sighs) to the uh, sexual assault allegations on Matt Riddle and WWE takes this opportunity to reference this tweet in the pre-match interview with Matt Riddle, Kyle.
0: So in my notes, I wrote, them working the Corbin tweet into the storyline was to this match what Cody's neck tattoo was to the Cody MJF match. <laughs> In that, it just completely took me out of the match. Oh. I was like, what was that? <laughs> and all and we, you know, let's put it, take a more serious tone here on the program. This has a far more serious repercussion than a neck tattoo. <laughs> I mean, if. These allegations are true. What in the hell are you doing talking about that on television? No kidding. Or making light of it? If it's not true, what are you undercutting a baby face for like that? (laughs) Jesus. So you would think that Matt Riddle would come out
1: just absolutely pissed. Yes. This is a guy with the great MMA background. Just light up Baron Corbin, the former NFL practice squad member. But in fact, that's not what happened. He sells for the majority of the match working from underneath.
0: I, oh boy. I, I yeah, and like I feel like this coming straight after Big E doing the same thing was some poor agenting, quite frankly. Yeah, agree. So but at least, you know, Matt Riddle won, although again, this feud must continue.
1: Why does every Baron Corbin feud have to be months upon months on end? Because this I is mean, a way that you get Matt Riddle cemented in the mid-card
0: on SmackDown by yes. having him work Baron Corbin for months on end. It it doesn't benefit matt riddle to have this long feud with baron corbett I, there is a place for baron corbett I, I think he is a very competent mid-card heel i,
1: I agree mean, I, i'm not I trying to bash a, baron Corbin. Yeah. this, this just is just not not how you cement matt riddle to get to where he needs to be
0: yeah I, exactly yeah
1: yeah i mean if wwe we talk about this on the program a lot they have failed over and over and over with these nxt call-ups and this is a clear
0: example of do, why. Do you think they've gotten cold feet on that, Riddle? Ah, yeah, perhaps. I mean, because, but, I mean, maybe it's the allegations. I don't know. But I
1: but mean, they bring do, up the allegations? <laughs> what the heck? You know, why, why would you do that? I mean, it, it's very bizarre, though, that they debut him and he gets the non-title win over AJ Styles. And now here he is locked into a feud with Baron well, Corbin.
0: You know what's sad about modern WWE is Riddle then lost to AJ Styles. Yeah. And nobody batted an eyelash at the fact that Matt Riddle lost his second match on TV, which is actually kind of an excusable booking from where I sat. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you want people
0: to take these guys seriously as superstars then, when you're bringing and, them up. And then AJ loses the Intercontinental title not long after. Hmm. It's not like you're going, oh, AJ, what a dominant. Like, he just loses the title anyway. Like, I mean, Matt Riddle is a better choice to be the Intercontinental champion right now than Jeff Hardy. Sorry. Not sorry.
1: 100%. Not even I, close. I, yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: you talk about the intercontinental. I mean, Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles to me, been there, done that. Yeah. With those guys, to me, uh, you know, Matt Riddle and Sami Zayn. Now, that's an interesting intercontinental title program moving forward. Yes. Not, you know, Jeff Hardy. I mean, God bless the guy. I mean, he's had a better career than he's similar to Sheamus, another star of kind of that lost era. These guys have had better careers than I think a lot of people realize. But, it's, I mean, how long have we been doing this Jeff Hardy redemption tour? Yeah. You know, I mean, in 2007, we're, we were hoping this guy was going to get over his personal demons. That was 13 years ago. Yeah. I was getting over my personal demons back then. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did, Kyle. To, uh, to be fair, I still have it. So there we go. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's great storytelling by so WWE. So to explain
1: why Kyle didn't do our SummerSlam show last yeah. week. No. Yes. He <laughs> was just getting out of the Betty Ford Clinic. And, yes. Uh, No, no, but uh, yeah, (laughs) don't, I don't love, do not love the booking here uh, with that one whatsoever. And uh, God, I hope we're getting worried over nothing and that this feud ends very quickly. Do a quick rematch, maybe on a
0: SmackDown and then we can move on. Here's the thing. Like if Riddle wins again, why? Like that actually you're hurting Corbin because you're beating him multiple times when he doesn't needed need to be beaten multiple times by the same guy. And if they're trading wins, that's just stupid.
1: Hmm. Which is why you move on, as Zach Hader and our good friend from the Torch said, and then instead we're blindsided by more of a beatdown from Baron Corbin. So we'll see what happens. Um, on to more positive notes, Kyle. Uh, on our SummerSlam show, we raved about Dominic Mysterio and and how he did in that match, and then tonight we got a very very good match. I thought with Murphy and Seth Rollins against the Mysterios. I really enjoyed this. When we get to the end and we're talking about match of the night, I think uh, this one is certainly going to be in the conversation.
0: Did you yeah, enjoy I this? Mean, yeah, maybe we don't even need to go back to it because it probably was the best match of the night. Yeah. Uh, Ray and Dominic have some serious potential as a tag team, I think, moving forward. Uh was very obvious that Buddy Murphy was going to eat the pinfall in this match. Yes. And Buddy Murphy ate the pinfall in this match, and now it is pretty obvious on Raw he will be browbeaten by Seth Rollins.
1: Yeah, I, I also liked that Dominic got rid of the hood on his outfit. Speaking of ring gear, and we mentioned those with Keith Lee, uh, that was kind of getting in his way in the Summerslam match. They took that off, which was a good move. Uh, but yeah, him and his dad, they did a lot of. They worked in tandem together very well. I hope that this is capped off with a tag title win at some point, whether that's WrestleMania or sooner. Um, but uh, I th- I thought the finish was really good too when Buddy Murphy took out Rollins with that kick in the corner. That looked really good. Then you had uh, Mysterio who like slid under the ropes and hit like a sunset flip bomb on Rollins on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then we had the we had the frog splash with Dominic. Does that really good? Uh, tribute to his daddy, Eddie Guerrero, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, got the pinfall on uh, Buddy Murphy. But uh, super enjoyable match. If you haven't seen it, this one
0: is well worth the watch. Uh, I hope Buddy Murphy isn't just beaten and thrown into the scrap heap of life, by the way. Like mm. you're just beaten like to a pulp by Rollins on Raw and just throw it away, because Buddy Murphy is a very talented performer and and deserves to be regularly featured on television. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, for me, too, that
1: would be the match of the night. Let's see where our listeners are at while we're talking about that, because I put out the poll on the Twitter account on match of the night, and I listed this one as a possibility. I listed the women's tag title match, which we're going to be talking about here in a minute. Uh, and Sheamus and Big E or other, comment below. And uh, yeah, the Mysterios and Seth and uh, Buddy Murphy is getting 42% of the vote right now. So yeah, just ahead of the women's tag title match in our poll.
0: So, Very good professional wrestling match. Yes. I don't know if I enjoyed it actually as, as much as the Seth Dominic match though from SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, I mean the drama in that match was awesome with everyone I, I, at ringside. I thought that was the best match of Seth's Seal run. I would agree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, super enjoyable. I think, uh, you know, we didn't get your take on this last week because you weren't on the show, but, uh, you know, contrasting what Dominic Mysterio did versus Pat McAfee, I think I said on the show, Pat McAfee really wowed you with, you know, a couple of weeks of training, what he did in the ring. But I think Dominic Mysterio, he had the better match of the weekend. And then he followed that up here with another super, super competent, uh, ex- excellent performance, I thought. So...
0: I think, in terms of the debuting performer, Dominic was definitely uh, working in the more classic sense. In the sense that, like when he worked one on one against Seth, all right, it's kind of ludicrous to think that he could out wrestle Seth Rollins as a former like WWE champion, right? Yeah. So he would. He looked good enough. It, like Seth was always better, but there were enough hope spots that kept you intrigued throughout. Whereas McAfee, I thought he just kind of, to be honest, came across as a more impressive performer than Adam Cole, which I don't know if is is what you want to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, his athleticism is certainly what shined through more than
1: just like the the dramatics as a performer. Like I thought that's where uh, Mysterio Dominic excelled and just the, the story arc of the match where McAfee was just like kind of all right let's show what this guy can do as a pure athlete and he really watched yeah, it it, it that was sense. like
0: yeah I was like oh let hey this guy this guy does belong in a WWE ring yeah I, you know I, I'm not sure that's the most productive way to use a quote-unquote non-wrestler yeah all right well moving on we did have two two more title
1: changes on this show, which we're going to talk about. So uh, we had the WWE universal title, obviously in the main event, the WWE title and the intercontinental title were not on this show, yep. uh, but we did have the women's tag team titles, Bailey and Sasha, who have been uh, teasing that this split is coming now, defending against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And uh, this was also, as I mentioned in the poll, this one's getting a lot of votes too. This was a very good wow. match uh this let's see this is in second place in our poll with 31 percent of the vote and you know i liked it it was very thrown together like this nia jack Shayna baszler pairing just doesn't make sense but you yeah. know we have a, we have a very uh a very weak women's tag division in wwe there was a there was a tag match on the pre-show right there was. We'll uh, talk about that.
0: Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan defeated the Iconics. Yes, it was but, not something that's probably worth revisiting. I God bless them all, but it just I don't know. But we don't have a lot of depth
1: in the women's tag division, is what we're saying. And so they they kind of threw this team together. And then when you look at what's been happening with Bailey and Sasha, it seemed like the title change was coming here, which you know was unfortunate after them having the titles and have, having been doing this awesome team. I mean, I think. They've been kind of the MVPs of WWE this year, them Mm -hmm. or Drew McIntyre. And to have them drop the titles to this makeshift team kind of felt like a downer. But at the same time, we've complained about the use of Shayna Baszler on this program. I don't know if this is what's going to redeem her. And in fact, I thought she looked like she's kind of missing something throughout the early portion of this match. But then at the end, she turned it on. Awesome finish. finish. So Baszler makes a blind tag, and she locks in the Kira Fuda clutch on Bailey. Sasha Banks runs in to break it up. Baszler takes her out, locks Sasha's legs into this like grapevine move, and then she puts the Kira Fuda clutch back on Bailey. Then uses Sasha's arm for more leverage on Bailey until Bailey taps out. Awesome finish, man! I love this. That's her title change. Shayna Baszler has gold on the main roster. Her and Nia Jax. Are your tag team champions, even with Nia Jax wearing that awful t-shirt out, Kyle? Would you like to
0: tell our <laughs> listeners what that t-shirt said?
1: Uh it was it was the Tamina. Let me, I gotta, I can't even remember what it said. Nobody's
0: uh, Mina, then Tamina. Yeah,
1: nobody. <laughs> so bad. So bad. You told me I I I, not to continually <laughs> shield the Facebook group, but I had, I had posted this on our I Facebook wrote it on discussion. Twitter.
0: I wrote on Twitter. I was actually going to call you a coward and tell you to tweet, but I didn't want to like really upset I, you. I did put it on like Twitter,
1: the- but I put it on the podcast account. Um, I said, if there's anyone out there who has actually bought that nobody meaner than Tamina t-shirt that Nye to the ring tonight, I'd love to hear about your thought process there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so we've got the old Vince Russo trope of tag champs that don't like each other. With Shayna and Dia Jax. Uh, if they are supposed to be baby faces, by the way, that is very bad. Uh, maybe not since 1991, Greg Valentine would there be a more miscast baby face than Shayna Baszler. There is nothing <laughs> about her uh, that screams baby face. For the record, I'm a huge Shayna Baszler fan. Go back and listen to the show. Uh, I think she got done dirty quite frankly, by the booking in 2020. I thought she should have beaten Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. What do you got to say about that? So don't start getting mad at me, Lister. I'm with you, Ryan. I think this was kind of an anticlimactic way to end Bailey and Sasha's reign, losing just this thrown-together team that there's not much support for. I joked, again, I I hope this is our final shill for the Facebook page. (laughs) But this is all the
1: discussion's happening. Yeah, yeah,
0: this is where discussion happens, folks. You got to join the Facebook page live during the pay-per-view, our thoughts as they happen. (laughs) Uh, I wrote, let's play a game, point to the baby face in this match because I didn't see one really. uh, Nia Jax in the, I don't know if it was by design, but was incredibly annoying in the post-match promo. I mean, like incredibly annoying, like kind of like I was wanted to go shut up (laughs) at the TV screen, but you nail it. It was a very cool finish from Shayna Baszler. Uh, Bailey and Sasha, you presume they're going to break up at some point. Maybe they do that match at Mania Uh, Shayna and Naya, I guess, are just the new idea because we don't have anything for them and they're going to be the tag champs now. That Naya suspension, I guess, is just going to be, you know, forgotten and we don't care about that anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Enough said about that.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So... One final shill for the Top Rope Nation Facebook page. I guess I lied earlier, but uh, this will be the last one, I promise, folks. Uh, I I said, uh, you know, no better way to start a pay-per-view than by having a baby face tap clean. Uh, I do not agree with this booking at all of having Lashley go over. I don't know how you feel, Mr. Droste. Uh, Not a fan. I,
1: I don't think there's any appeal to Bobby Lashley in 2020.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's had too many stop-start pushes to be any kind of meaningful U.S. champ. Now I'll say this: it was only a couple of pay-per-views ago that he had what I thought was a pretty good WWE title match with Drew McIntyre. Yeah, and you know he breaks up with Lana, and he just kind of gets into the hurt business. That's all over, <laughs> you know. So hmm. I just feel this as well. We we see Bobby Lashley at a certain level, so. Uh, will justify his push with the US title but I want to go back to our previous discussion of Cruz where despite this year's obvious improvement in booking and performance he still had a long way to go to erase the past several years of being booked as an afterthought and this result did not help I don't know what the next play is at all with him does he just win it back He just came back from the COVID hiatus to beat MVP last week in a match where the U.S. title was kind of being presented as held up, to use an old-fashioned term. Yeah. So I I just I I had seen the betting odds for this that Bobby Lashley was a definitive favorite, so I was expecting this, but I certainly do not agree with it. Uh, You know, Bobby Lashley. Just to go back to him and you know where he's at right now. Obviously, a very impressive look, but uh, I think it's you know from the Pritchard show. Then the bell rings is the <laughs> famous quote. I, he's very lucky to be around in 2020, and, and yeah. that may raise some eyebrows. But if if this is 1990, 2000, 2010, he doesn't stick out as much for his look. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know he was around. You know, obviously from like 2000, what five to seven. And, and he stuck, he has a very impressive look, but he's just, he's missing something. And it's, that something's probably charisma, <laughs> I guess. And I, I just, I, I'm Eyebrows. watching. Yeah, I, well, that too. Okay. I'm watching this match. I'm like, dude, Apollo Cruz has to win. And to have him tap clean to a full Nelson, and then you do a deal afterwards where he attacks the Hurt Business. He just looks like a sore loser. Yeah, I didn't that, get that either. Just, Bad booking. This to me was the one thumbs down on the show. I would agree. Uh, in yeah. addition to the Corbin tweet,
1: because because I agree with you. I don't know what this gets you. You know, like you said, you're you're kind of starting to rehab Apollo Crews, I guess, by giving him this title run that. You know, they haven't done a whole lot with him, so you're you're starting to build him up a little bit. He loses it to Bobby Lashley. Like you said, Kyle, what do you do? Just have him win it back? Well, what was the point of losing it then? I I don't know. I didn't like this at all. This is, to me, one of the low lights too, of the pay-per-view. I so. mean, the Hurt
0: Business is kind of a good group. I just don't think Bobby Lashley needs the U.S. title. I think exactly. It's, far, it's, it's yeah. far more important for Apollo Crews. Bobby Lashley could just look impressive while MVP cuts promos. He doesn't need a U.S. title.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do like the group. I will say that, but yeah, I don't know why you put the U S title on Bobby Lashley here. So yeah, that's, that is the main show. Now something happened on the pre-show, Kyle. I was kind of in and out. I was getting uh supper ready, ready for my family and I had it on the background, but I wasn't watching the pre-show very closely, but you noticed something you wanted to mention.
0: Okay. <laughs> I cannot believe my own ears that I heard this on World Wrestling Federation television. This would have been a fireable offense once upon a time. So, JBL was on this show, as was Booker T and Jerry Lawler and Peter Rosenberg. I thought JBL, Booker T, and Lawler were absolutely abhorrent on this show, and made Peter Rosenberg come across like Walter Cronkite by comparison. (laughs) Okay? They were so counterproductive to the main product. It Like, it's one thing to play a character. It's another thing when you're put out there as a quote-unquote expert who's supposed to put the product over, and you're doing just the opposite. JBL, I swear to you, Ryan, said the following. We have guys in that locker room that couldn't draw money if you put glue on them and stuck dollar bills. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Oh,
1: Can man. Can you
0: imagine if you're on a low on that WWE total pole and you see this guy saying that? <laughs> that's, I mean,
1: like, look- that's like you're being employed by, we talk about football, you're you're employed by the Chicago Bears radio network and you say, you know, we got guys on this team. A lot of these guys on this team shouldn't be even be drawing
0: an NFL paycheck. <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine if Doris Burke during an NBA telecast says, you know, a lot of these NBA players, they're just not stars. They're not very good like the 80s. <laughs> imagine if she said that. <laughs> you know, go ahead and tune out. Not like, worth watching. Yeah. The the problem is that, like, yeah, it's kind of true. There are a lot of people in that locker room that aren't going to draw big money on their own. But why in the Sam hell would you draw attention to that? <laughs>
1: That's so bad, man. Oh, JBL. Oh, yeah, I, I'm still proud I, that he blocked me on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I just thought that, yeah, again, the three, <laughs> the three veterans— him, Booker, and Lawler were so counterproductive to getting over storylines. I just I couldn't believe some of the things I was uh seeing and hearing, quite frankly, on oh, telecast. Real bad. Well,
1: Kyle, I, I couldn't believe some of the things that I was hearing and not seeing as we recorded this show because just a couple of minutes ago, we had a technology difficulty. Uh, my computer froze in the middle of recording this show, and I thought we were going to lose the entire recording. Luckily for technology Kyle, our recording was saved in the cloud and we were able to present the show to you listeners because god damn it we almost lost the whole thing.
0: And I'm very glad we didn't have to do something like re-record this cuz I'll be honest with you, it's after <laughs> 11 eastern and I have a buzz and yeah. I would have said no, I'm not recording this. <laughs> oh,
1: we wouldn't we would not have been able to do it. Yeah. It would have been just been the lost show. Yeah. But luckily Duh. for you guys Duh. it's saved.
0: Doesn't work for me, pal. oh
1: man alright well Kyle hey this has been fun as always Uh, I guess we'll be checking back the rest of the week so we gotta do this Top Rope Classics I mentioned it last week hold on
0: hold on don't go too far to that because after the show I'm gonna start twisting your arm to go in a different direction (laughs)
1: Okay, so Top Rope Classics is something on the horizon. It might be Thursday. I don't know what, what we have for sure planned on Thursday show, but uh, that's our Patreon exclusive show. But I will post, you know, a kind of a teaser on our main podcast feed when that drops. And then we got AEW All Out coming up Saturday, so we are have to review that one. Three pay per views in a row, three weekends in a row. That'll be our uh, our next Monday show, but I guess it will probably drop next Sunday. Maybe
0: we can drop it Sunday for the patrons, give them an excuse to sign up we could get do it that a day early early release early release that course, is not a bad idea yeah it's contingent if uh, i suppose i'm not the one who has to put you know put the show together so i mean it's up to you <laughs> i mean <I'll laughs> easy have for me to say
1: i'll have a mix for sure okay. but yeah i mean guys if you are a new listener you've been listening for a while that is the best way to support this show to, to support our growth so we can get new equipment and add more bells and whistles to the program uh patreon.com slash top rope nation That is the main, I mean, total honesty here, that's the main revenue source for the show. We have the ad reads and everything, but Patreon is really where it's at. So if you want to support the show, get behind-the-scenes access. We post our show notes for each and every show over there. Bonus content like Top Rope Nation Classics. When you sign up, you can get, I think it's 20 exclusive shows. They're only available on Patreon and more coming in the future. And a free gift for signing up. So you can check out the details. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. We'll be honored to have your support. Best way to be a uh, big-time listener at Top Rope Nation and support what we're doing here. So uh, with that said, Kyle, I think this has been episode 170 of Top Rope Nation. Anything else you wanted to say? One sip left in the glass, buddy. Perfect timing. Here we go. That's why they pay me those big bucks. (laughs) Right. All right, guys. Well, hey. (laughs) Check out the Facebook group. We've talked about it on the show. You know where to find it. Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. You can find us on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. Instagram as well. Uh, You can find Kyle at TRP Kyle on Twitter. And I am at Ryan Droste. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. And we will be talking to you on Thursday morning. Enjoy your week. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Did somebody say playoffs NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at bet online. Have you covered get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win MLB season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes check it out all day all night go to betonline.ag and use promo code blue wire to receive your welcome bonus that's betonline.ag promo code blue wire bet online your online sportsbook experts
0: what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas